0: the big bets on campus podcast podcast Podcast. all right here we
1: go spreading the court 10 seconds remaining they just got to throw it under the basket under the basket it's the truth
0: for the win Gone. Oh, they did it. a miracle Legends. double water! hit that one from the parking lot
2: Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Matthew Cox, joined, as always, by my two esteemed cohorts at the three-man weave, Kai McKeon and Jimbo Root, fresh off a up Wisconsin trip celebrating his Packers glory in the National Football League playoffs, Kai. We don't talk about that on this show. We talk about college basketball, though. Um, thank you for joining us. We'll be dropping a new BBOC episode every Wednesday morning on today's we're going to talk about the key game of the week the usual six pack section still applies although there is one section that is going to be on ice um, based on our continued horrid performance and that. I'll get to that later but to start fellas how are we Kai how are you I'm good Matt I'm
3: excited to talk college basketball
2: uh Jim any additional thoughts on top of that
3: go pet go J love best in the league let's talk college hoops
2: yeah I kind of agree with that uh Well, the one section we're really good at, by the way, guys, is picking live Moneyline doggos.
1: Bark, bark, bark. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, there's my dog. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh,
2: there's my dog. We were all over Cal last week. Slew both won in dramatic comeback fashion, thanks to Fireball three-point shooting before. Always fun when the team that you bet on makes shots. That is kind of the ultimate... Uh, if you can find a model that predicts that you'd be pretty good at this business. So yeah, we're going to try and keep our nose for those vintage home dogs out there as we kick off the live dog of the week section, a couple to consider. And I kind of stretched the, uh, the envelope here on some longer shot dogs for sure, which I know you guys will probably throw in a few more, more realistic ones. Um, but hear me out here Wednesday, I got Rhode Island at St. Bonaventure, a road dog here. But the Bonnies don't seem that invincible, and Rhode Island's an absolute juggernaut right now with David Green back in the fold. I also circled Illinois State in the Valley hosting Drake, who has been awesome, but not as awesome away from home. We know the Valley is one of the um, stronger home courts conferences in college hoops. So we'll actually talk about that at the end of the section today, getting to the conferences with the best and worst home courts to date. Uh, the Valley is up there for sure, home court. a Thursday, South Florida at Memphis – Big, big swing here for the fences. I know Memphis will probably be laying 12-13 in this game, but they've not been as good at home when they're laying large margin. Uh, CC UTSA could have probably won that game uh, last week uh, at the FedEx Forum. And then Monmouth going into Drexel, who has not missed a shot since (laughs) Nam, I guess. Um, But Monmouth's good and they can play up and King Rice's kid is, is awesome. I got four there, Kai, for you. Pick out one of your favorites or throw in one of your own considerations for the Live Dog of the Week.
1: Yeah, and there's only one home dog in your your selection here, Matt. But that, there's really not many home dogs, period. There weren't me uh, from yeah, th- this week, it seems. Uh, East Carolina was there against North Texas, but I've sworn off fading North Texas, so that will not be one of mine. Man, I, I out of your force some. You know, Illinois State's intriguing. I just think Drake's amazing, and and they they solidified that by whooping Southern Illinois uh, at Southern Illinois last game, which is very hard to do. Illinois State has not looked great. They just lost a Valpo at home. Um, not, not not in a hurry to back the Redbirds. I do kind of like the Monmouth game. Uh, you know, it, it, Monmouth is one of those teams that can get hot in a hurry. You mentioned Xander Rice. And if you want to pick a, a dog to win outright, you want variance. And, hey, Drexel, you're right. They're shooting over their heads. That will come back down to earth eventually. And maybe it does against Monmouth. And maybe Monmouth gets hot. Maybe Monmouth is a good way to go. It's a pretty big spread. It'll be around nine or ten. That's probably my my favorite of the bunch. Rhode Island, I don't hate either. St. Bonaventure, though, is just a really, really tough place to play.
3: Yeah, that travel's difficult, getting out to Olean, especially with the storm sweeping through the East Coast. Maybe they're not uh, really through the entire country. We dealt with that this weekend in Chicago and in, as Matt mentioned, upper Wisconsin, where I was. I, I, I probably will bet Rhode Island spread there. I don't think I buy the money line outright. And that's, that's where I land with South Florida too, Matt. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Memphis, like you mentioned, has been really bad laying big points at home. It's kind of a Penny Hardaway thing. You think of him as like smashing inferior competition, but laying big numbers at home, he's been like a 40% ATS coach. It's been really bad. Uh, So I actually like Monmouth the best of them all. It should be a lower possession game. Like you guys mentioned, Drexel's not going to get up and down. So if the shots don't go in and uh, Xander Rice does go nuts for Monmouth on the other end, I think there's a real chance of, of an upset there. So Monmouth is one I'm going to be betting uh, with the money line underdog, Matthew, and then also South Florida for sure on the spread, considering Rhode Island, but I don't think I'm quite going to get there.
1: Matt, worth noting, North South Florida, horrible this year so far on the road. Just yep, Owen, bad. Owen 2 and one technically ATS, yeah. terrible margin, but small sample size, obviously. That's a good
2: point. They have not left the cushy confines of South Florida. Florida too off. However, I think they're playing better recently. So I'm, I'm sort of encouraged that they could actually rise up here. Uh, I am going to take that one as my long shot flyer, and then I'll beat my chest and shower confetti on myself when they win. as a, you know, get you in six or seven to one, depending what the price is there. That's my only one of the week I'm with Kai. There actually wasn't a very good batch for us to continue mm-hmm. our, uh, our surging two week win streak in these, I guess, especially in the home dog variety, which is, seems like it's been a pretty good anecdotally a very good bet this year. Uh, with strong home court edge jim you did mention the uc or i'm sorry you wrote down here wrote down on the outline uc san diego at uc irvine we'll talk about that the mid-major game of the week um two awesome teams uc san diego has been one of the biggest surprises in college basketball Uh, they could be catching seven eights at irvine with how good irvine's been pretty good money line dog value there i'm not playing that my only official play is the usf for the record kyle what's your official ledger
1: read I'm going Monmouth, but I like the UC San Diego side for Jim. And the reason is I keep fading UC San Diego and they keep crushing me. Uh, I'm giving in, man. They they got some power conference level players on this team. Clearly a ton of talent. Bryce Pope's been ridiculous. This offense has to slow down eventually, but heck, maybe it doesn't for another game. Maybe they they could pull the upset here at Irvine. Yeah, I'm I'm taking UC San Diego.
3: We can... Dive into the X's and O's of that game later in the mid major game of the week section, like you mentioned. But since Tyler McGee got eligible with the uh, two time transfer rule being sent to, well, no, whatever, uh, he's 21 of 51 from three in seven games. He's making three a game, 40%. He's a complete monster. And it's just really giving them the spacing they need around all the other personal action that they have with size and a great point card and pope. Like I mentioned, I guess he's not really a point card, but uh, they've got weapons. That, that spread's too high. I think Irvine's a tad inflated, in my opinion. So, yeah, UC San Diego, Monmouth, and I'm betting South Florida uh, against the spread.
2: Irvine also coming back from Hawaii. They'll have a week off, but still central uh, kind of a uh, landmine type of spot that could arise there. Uh, Live dog of the week. Put that to bed, and now we have to waltz into the blowout city section, which was just a horrid section for us last week.
1: Bye. This about to
2: um, we almost feel like this is an obligation at this point because of how bad we've been identifying some of these blowouts. Miami, Florida lost at home to Louisville, um, which is actually more embarrassing than Colgate losing at home to Lafayette, although for that, mm. that program standards, pretty head scratching as well. Um, the opposite of blowouts would have actually been good contenders in the money lying dog section. So I try to keep this really simple in my candidates selected for this week on Wednesday, Furman at VMI, Thursday, Hampton at Hofstra. Jim, I'll get to yours in a second here. Those two in particular, Hampton and VMI, I feel really good about those as fades because they play fast and they don't play any defense. And their their opponents are um, really good opponents and, and I think built to blow bad teams out. Furman should be healthier on Wednesday. Slight, slight chance they get Marcus Foster back. Probably not, but a, a slight chance he does return there would be a huge boost for that team. And then Hofstra, um, you know, kind of consider them a uh, mini Alabama with their guard talent and their shot-making talent. Obviously sent one of their guards, Estrada, there this offseason, but could certainly beat Hampton in that poorest defense by a million. Kai, thoughts on my two selections, or are we going to exile this section from the show outline entirely? I'm, I'm in favor of that choice as well.
1: No, I, I like these. Uh, I, I do think last year we had Iowa Eastern Illinois in this section, and, and Eastern Illinois, yeah, no, of course, beat Iowa. Uh, yeah. You're going to get that every now and then. I mean, Colgate hasn't lost a home game in like two or three years. That that was clearly like a shocking result. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Furman VMI one especially. Uh, Pegues and Williams have been back for Furman for, I think, three games, and they've covered at least two of those games. They look obviously way better, but really it's about VMI. They are just go 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 right now in conference play. They played 95 possessions with Sanford. That's almost impossible. There was 230 points in that game. I think Furman names its number. They'll score 100 in this game. Uh, good enough for for a blowout. Whatever the spread's going to be, 20, 23, something like that. Uh, slightly under Hofstra,
2: so you actually might get a cheaper spread there. To yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Slightly under Hofstra as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that game was like tied at halftime because Hampton tends to do that against better competition, and yeah. then Hofstra just destroys him in the second half. So, yeah, I like the Furman play better, Jim.
3: Yeah, I'm with Matt. Both these teams are such big fades, FMI and and Hampton, given their style. And I think you're catching favorites that are reeling a little bit. Hofstra's one and three in the mm-hmm. Coastal, which is shocking, like one of the favorites. So I think they're going to be, you know, not going to sleepwalk through that. They've lost two in a row. And then Furman, also preseason favorite in the SoCon. They started 0-2, limited by injuries, now getting healthier may or may not get Foster back in the lineup, but I think you're getting a very focused version of them as well. Uh, They covered against the Citadel. They covered against East Tennessee state. Uh, I think they can do the same against a mega young VMI team. That is just kind of, I don't know what they're doing, Matt. Like they've hit the gas pedal in league play and they're just having fun out there, I guess.
2: Yeah. Just a quick note back to, uh, sorry, I was just looking at this gym schedule for Hampton. They played Monday They play Thursday against Hofstra, as I just mentioned, and they play at Monmouth on Saturday. So uh, if we fail you on Hofstra, maybe just go back to the well on Saturday with with King Rice and the boys in West Long Branch at home. They've been a pretty good home favorite. We saw them take Northeastern to the woodshed uh, last weekend. So, Jim, I'm going to disavow your last consideration here. Liberty potentially as a blowout candidate against FIU, which has – Zero concept of discipline or organization. Uh, They live in and flourish in chaos, but Liberty has no tolerance for that. I'm just kind of out on Liberty overall. I've just been soured by their last few games. I officially put them on my do not bet unless really, really good reason list.
3: Uh, Here's a really, really good reason: they're 0-3 in the A-Sun. They're the preseason favorite, and they're playing a team that has no clue how to play against a disciplined. Wait, Conference USA.
2: New conference this year.
3: Conference, yes, thank you. And, uh, thank you. Good catch. Uh, they lost to Jacksonville State, one of their old A-Sun foes that came with them. So that's got the A-Sun on my mind. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a terrific spot to back. Liberty just lost an OT on the road at Louisiana Tech. You're getting an angry back against the wall, 0-3. Like, a good team being 0-3 is so rare, and they've got a team coming to town that if they can't get out in transition, they don't know what to do. I think Liberty beats them by 30. That's my pitch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna go back to that well again. Um,
2: we'll see. That concludes Blowout City. Hopefully, we uh, we're, we're poised for a bounce back there this week.
3: Yeah, unless you're you maybe maybe you're crazy and want to bet the money lines of the ones we advised against because last <laughs> week you would have printed money on Louisville and, Col- and I like and that. Mafia. I might
2: do that myself. Actually, say as I do as <laughs> do not as I said sort of thing. All right, time for a few words from our sponsors. Uh, BBOC is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get. in bonus bets when you bet $5. Pretty good payout there. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely when you shave with Harry's, get started with a thirteen dollar trial set for just three dollars at Harry's dot com bluewire. That's Harry's dot com bluewire for a three dollar trial set.
2: And now a word from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Are you too sad for betting wild weekend underdogs? Leave your house, no problem. HelloFresh, you can skip trips to the grocery store. And unlike betting unders, they make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why they're America's number one meal kit. This time of year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits. Look to HelloFresh's wholesome options every week, like their protein smart recipes. People say a lot of things, but we know two things are always true. First is you can't rely on the passing game windy conditions. Second, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And HelloFresh agrees with both. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash BBOCfree and use code BBOCfree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash BBOCfree with code BBOCfree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And we're on to the power game of the week.
1: Oh, feel the power.
2: Oh, I could feel it. The big, bad, voodoo daddy matchups, Mr. McKeon. A lot on Wednesday, a little lighter on Thursday, and super light on Friday, except for those of you Big Ten uh, fanatics out there, you guys have kind of hijacked the Friday-Sunday slot, so good for you. But we will not be talking Friday. To Wednesday, the four best, Creighton at UConn, Mississippi State at Kentucky, Nevada at San Diego State, all of those around five point spreads. By the way, uh, home team going to be roughly laying five per camp on. We'll see where the market opens, and then Houston hosting Texas Tech in Big Twelve country. Thursday we have Illinois at Michigan and Oregon at Colorado out on the West Coast. So those are kind of the six best games I identified. I have a couple takes, um, probably plays. I think in two of these. Kai, is there anyone that sticks out to you as a great juicy spot? Team you want to back versus team you want to fade, good matchup angle, whatever catches your uh, catches your eye.
1: Yeah, I I actually considered Creighton against Yukon in the in the live dog section. I, I know we're going to Yukon and they might get Kling Kong back, which apparently is his nickname that just formed the, like a week ago. Everyone's using that it. name now. I'm, I'm here for it. It's fine. Like yeah, it. whatever. Uh yeah, he was seen uh Klingon Donovan Klingon was seen warming up uh, pretty actively last game. So speculation is he returns. I just think this Creighton team's really good, Um, and five points is a lot, especially if Klingon is not all the way back and maybe on a limit cap. Uh, But, Matt, I think the game I like better uh, in this section is Mississippi State, weirdly enough. Uh, Tolu Smith back uh, for, I think, his fourth or fifth uh, game, certainly getting more ramped up as we go along. Uh, They're coming off that tough Alabama loss. I think it's a good spot for them to bounce back physical style of play beat up the the younger Kentucky team. So that's probably my favorite of the bunch you mentioned.
3: Yeah, t maybe still out for mm-hmm. Kentucky. He's been a really important, like, jack-of-all-trades type piece for them. So take him out. Maybe you got a little bit of an edge tilting towards Mississippi State. Kai, I'm with you on maybe back in Creighton. If that game gets bet up when Klingon gets yes. in or something, you get it up to, like, 7 it is a little spooky to back these really good Big East teams in their monster home environments, but uh, I'll take a, a hard look at Creighton there. Matt, I'm going to disavow one thing, including Michigan in this section. Why? Why, why do they belong here? If that team is under 500. Get them out. Not a I, I, not a not Fair. a worthy inclusion in the Power Game of the Week. I'm Fair. throwing heaping shade at that program right now.
2: I just felt like just because of their, uh, you know, their national championship, Jim. We had to football give school, them... yeah, exactly. Yeah. So had to uh, <laughs> had to appease the current championship vibes that they are exuding there. Um, I love Colorado here at home. That that was the one I wanted to hit on. I just hmm. think that they've been a different team at home. Very simply, they're healthier. And Oregon, as they step up in class on the road in altitude, I'm curious to see how they handle the size. And Jim, you kind of talked about that. The Buffs' defense really impressed me in stretches when they had all their able bodies out there, especially Kobe Williams. I think that length could actually bother the scintillating guards of Oregon right now. But fading Oregon has been a terrible investment this season, so maybe those will be my famous last words.
3: And and I I think they handle the size by having Nathalie Dante back. He played like 22 minutes over the weekend. Yeah, That's going to give them a a major, major paint boost.
1: Um, I I think spot-wise, it's a terrific spot for Colorado. Yeah, gosh, man, I don't want to back Colorado after the USC game. Colorado should have won that game by thirty, just looking at the paper, and they were lucky to get out of there alive. I and Oregon's been incredible, so that's a stay away for me. My favorite I bet of the
3: batch here, Matt, is San Diego State at home. I, I, they just lost, got kind of punked at New Mexico on the road. Get back home. Nevada has been a little shaky getting into league play. They lost at home to Boise State. Or excuse me, might have been at Boise State, but. I think that's going to be an awesome home environment team looking to get right after a really poor second half uh, at the pit. So I like San Diego state. I think that's, that's my favorite but of the six pack.
2: I agree. The Wolfpack are just kind of a sell high for me. I mean, I think they're really good. I just think they're a little bit overpriced. They can't possibly play any better. I think we're, we all agree there. And um, conference play they're really good coaches in this league. I think you're starting to see some of the scouting nuances um, work against some of these favorites who have maybe played above their heads to start. Um, we saw on that Boise nevada game uh really good scheming by rice against blackshear which is a key part to what nevada does on offense gotta think brian dutcher will have something good drawn up in the playbook for uh for the pack but yep i'm with you jim i like the Aztecs and i like colorado sorry uh you're gonna run dante off the floor eddie lampkin and company um <laughs> final thoughts now we're going mid mages talking the middlemen not the mids it's disrespectful Kai. Okay? There are no great ones on Wednesday, but we have an awesome one Thursday. Maybe one of the best mid-major tilts of the season in the true mid-major fashion. In Big Sky Country, Weber State is hosting Eastern Washington. Kempom has this as Weber minus five. I think it should open somewhere around there, maybe a little bit less, given how good Eastern Washington's been. For those who don't remember or didn't follow, this is kind of a deja vu of Eastern Washington's season last year. Uh, under David Riley, they went absolutely scorched earth through the conference. I think rack- racked it up a 16-0 record before kind of faltering down the stretch. They're basically running back that exact same script this season after a tough non-con schedule. Weber's awesome, though, too, on the other side. Dylan Jones, a bona fide pro at home. Certainly tough place to go in and play it out to A lot of good matchup angles here. Uh, what's your take on this gun?
1: Uh, I'm 100% bought in on Eastern Washington. I, I think they're an incredible team. And, and they're just flourishing right now in, in big sky play number one on defense and offense in the league. And I, I don't really think it's a fluke either way. Uh, they're, they're buckling down. They have tons of size to throw at Jones. Uh, and I believe David Riley still employs the, the one three, one zone looks as well Um, before Eastern Washington make Weber become shooters. It's a pretty good strategy to beating them. Um, they can shoot. That's not their, their preferred method of scoring and, and offensively. I buy the hot shooting. Um, I, I buy the offensive looks, the, the 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 lineup combinations they can put out on the floor. I, I'm just all over this team right now. Plus five, I would take. I don't think we're going to get that, though, Jim, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that number. Eastern Washington's just undervalued still. Uh, they started the year playing in order at Utah, Mississippi, Cincinnati, Stanford. As you might know, those are not close together. So they were running mm-hmm. around all over the country, Came back home and whooped Walla Walla and then went to Utah or Washington State and USC. Walla. Yeah, poor there, Walla. Walla. Uh, but yeah, six games against power competition on the road, some in just random parts of the country. I think that kind of knocked down what Eastern Washington actually was. And as they've gotten into playing more similar caliber competition, i.e. their big sky foes and the summit league challenge they are uh, they've won five in a row against that caliber of team. We're just seeing what Eastern Washington really is, Matt. And I know the D is a tough place to play. We were back home coming off two losses. That spot scares me a little bit. But, man, if you're going to give me five, I'm going to have to take that. I think this is like a coin flip type game.
2: I agree. I'll probably be on Eastern Washington here. I think I kind of brought up the just how much we love EWU in general. To your zone point, 20% of possessions they're playing zone this year. That's up from 13% last year. That's top 30 in the country. I'm inclined to think that was mostly against the big boys. They probably are going to be more open to mm-hmm. playing more man against Weaver. But the key to stop the key to stopping Weaver among Dylan Jones is stopping Blaze Threat, who's been kind of their X factor. Uh, maybe Zone's going to take him out of what he does. He did not have good games on the road either of those two losses over the weekend. So c- perhaps a blueprint for Mister Riley and company and the Eagles to go on the road and get a big win there. And the big sky. And we alluded to this next game earlier in the program the UC San Diego at UC Irvine, I think the general narrative with this one from a better perspective is like we've all seen UC San Diego just go completely nuclear off the chart good. And the prices in the market that you're getting, they're never it gets cheaper and cheaper or more expensive by the day. Now you finally get an opportunity, I think, to back them with a palatable price, Kai. Kempom has an mm-hmm. A. I bet the market opens a little bit lower, but not much. It's going to be tough to say. Again, we mentioned the spots for um, Irvine coming back from Hawaii with the week off. UC San Diego um, with less time to prep, but easier to travel. What's your angle here?
1: Yeah, I, I just think UC San Diego is a well-built team. Uh, they don't play like anybody under 6'3", 6'4". They They're they're have, have length all over the floor. They have guys that have played at higher levels, like Jeron Brooks was... In the Pac-12, uh, you know, a couple years ago, they're, they're just a, a good team. And Eric Olin, their coach, he's proven time and time again that he sort of outperforms expectations, at least in the four years he's been in D1. Uh, and again, I've surrendered to this team. They didn't always look great in the non-con, but recently they've really put it together. Um, I don't want to step in front of them. And you Irvine, well, I really like this team. And you're right, they're, they're freshmen, Saren uh, Saran. He's been fantastic this season, come out of nowhere I just think they're at the top of their value in the market and eight points is is a ton to cover uh, in what should be a really competitive game.
3: Yeah, we've already seen the value of Irvine be too high in league play. They haven't covered. They've, they've struggled to do that. Whereas San, UC San Diego, since they got Mr. Fireball McGee, I mentioned 21 to 51 from three in seven games. They're seven to no against the spread with him in the lineup. They have been just reeling off great performance after great performance mark is having a hard time adjusting to just how good they are um and they're good on both ends kai mentioned the size they're not they don't have anybody anybody you can pick on defensively crockrell's a nice little quick get into gaps point guard for uc irvine but i think you can attack him defensively and matt you got a little uh revenge game here for your boy shimanga coming from shimanga how do you say it shimmy
2: shimmy 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 shimanga shimanga yeah you're right um it's a two-year removed revenge game. I feel like the revenge juices would have been flowing strongest last year. Um, but now that he's back and healthy this year, sure he wants to be his old team. They did beat UC Irvine last year. So they have conquered this demon within the last calendar year. But this there's a lot more on the table uh, this season with both teams sitting at a perfect 5-0. and uh, And again, just to reiterate, UC Irvine 0-3 at home against the spread in conference. Just as Jim mentioned, they've not been the same team. Um, go Tritons?
0: No tritons? tritons.
2: I'll be tritons. betting them,
3: betting them on the money line too. Tritons. To
2: the Trash Man pick of the week. The Trash Man, pick of the week. I'm the Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash.
0: You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable, is <laughs> it? Undependable. That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good.
2: And yes, the trash pile continues to stay lean. I think I might rename this section the Army Pick or Trash Pick of the Week as they are now a fixture in this section. They lost to Loyola over the weekend, seventy-one um, sixty-five. But look at their possession counts. Every game has been uglier than the prior. The only reason they have, the only chance they have to go over is if they make shots. They did kind of shoot over their heads in that one. But they mm. play Colgate. Lo and behold, this Wednesday. Now, obviously, any game with Colgate doesn't really qualify for trash and pick of the week. But given Colgate's trash effort last weekend, I thought it was only fair to include them in a pinned matchup against Army. Should be a kind of a low total relative to what we're used to seeing from these two programs. But yeah, the trash man pick of the week is an army fixture section. Now Kai, do you have any angle in a Colgate versus army handicap?
1: I'd say buyer beware on taking army unders though, just despite the pace uh, they've had three straight go over Uh, the efficiency is too high in these games. And that's a combination of this team, shoots a ton of threes and they can get hot and even being Somewhat competent from there is enough to overcome these totals that are in the mid to low 120s. Secondly, their defense is terrible. Uh, opponents can score easily, and that's going to be the case with Colgate, or at least really should be uh, on, on Wednesday. I would lean towards the over in this game, and I, I've taken a few Army unders, but Colgate, they're going be they're going to play faster in Patriot play. They know they're the better team in all these games. And they're going to score at will against Army. They should score um,
2: inside here, right? That's why I was about Colgate.
1: Actually inside, has, outside, has doesn't it. matter. They can do whatever they want. So I I would lean towards the over, if anything, in this game. Gosh, six points, that's really the spread. It won't be, Jim, but you have to go Colgate. Yeah, I bet it's like eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I will still bet Colgate. I'm going to yeah. bet Colgate almost
3: every Patriot game, probably every Patriot game. I know they lost at home to Lafayette, but they're also three and one against the spread in league play. Uh, so I will take if it means they drop one completely embarrassingly every once in a while. They're just better than their opponents. They played a pretty tough non-league slate, got blown out a few times. We're figuring out their wing rotation. Uh, Still kind of are. Uh, Louis-Jacques has been solid, but they're not like... They don't have that that killer on the wing that they've had in the past, but they're dominant inside, and they have a terrific sophomore point guard in Brayden Smith. So, Matt, as Army is still mega, mega young and inconsistent, I will go with the proven league juggernaut here, and uh, I'll be betting Colgate.
2: Shame on me for uh, picking on our ground troops uh, multiple weeks in a row in this section. But the other one I had for consideration, by the way, was UTEP hosting Middle Tennessee. Two teams I think have kind of waved the white flags on their That's a good one.
3: It's a really good one. Ugly
1: offenses. Yeah, Yeah,
2: Kempom has that total, I think, at 120? 123, if I can do that. Yeah, 123. I would go under.
1: Those are... Two of the four worst ATS teams in the country this year. UTEP's the worst. Middle Tennessee's the fourth worst in the country.
2: Both been bad. Injuries have not helped Middle Tennessee and an inability to shoot at all has hurt UTEP. So, all right. The spotlight section looking at splits, macro conference splits, home versus road, courtesy of Bet Labs. Action Bet Labs, a great tool that we're all rabid users of. Breaking down which teams or which conferences have had the strongest home court since conference play began, which has had the, I guess, worst home court or most road-friendly environments. We'll also look at some favorites versus dogs, looking at leagues that have had the most parity versus leagues that have had the haves and the have-nots. Starting with home, best home conferences to no surprise of anyone, the Big Ten. Uh, currently 23-15 and 15 against the number. Just a continuation of multiple years of just winning on the road and covering on the road is extremely hard in, in each of these leagues. Um, SEC is at 14-7 this year. No surprise there either. The artist formerly known as the Colonial, the Coastal Athletic Association at eighteen-eleven. our home team so far, kind of surprised me. But then you think about how the league's been altered a little bit the last couple of years, there's new members, the geographic territory spans of kind of a wider footprint than it used to, you can understand. That also just could be very early small sample size variants. Um, Campbell has been kind of an ATS darling at home this year, just to keep an eye on that one going forward in the coastal. And then, best of the rest, WCC at 11 and 5, Big Sky 11 and 6, and Big 12 13 and 8 are the home teams there. Fellas, any of those leagues jump out at you or any observations?
1: That well, the sample size sound? is wrong. <laughs> SEC 21 games, there's been way more than that this season. So, I, I think we need to check the Bet Lab stats there, Mr. Cox.
0: The math
2: doesn't work. Hold on
3: here.
1: Have there? I don't know. There's yeah, Sure. Every team's played
3: three games. Yeah, but then you got to cut that number in half. So, 14 teams played three games. That's 42 games, but they've each played each other. So, 21 games. Boom.
0: Why is math so hard?
1: Wow. Jim dunking on me. Okay, we're good.
0: <laughs>
3: Rachel, BetLabs on the head. One. On the
1: head.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to. to
1: I'm just trying to get the the audience the 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 correct stats out there. I'm looking out. for I, you I'll guys. be honest. I had the. I wanted to pile on you there too, but I had the
2: exact same double take before I started the show about five minutes. Um, and I realized that's right. And I think just another great endorsement for Bet Labs. Go out there and purchase it. If you're <laughs> yeah, not already. Fantastic. In action,
1: I shouldn't have doubted Bet Labs. Shame on me. Shame. Mm. Uh, no surprises here, Matt. No surprises. Yeah, especially to the, the 10 SEC. Yeah. And we we
3: talked a little bit too, maybe not in detail on this particular show, but about how these hype home dog spots where you know you're getting an incredible crowd effort. Uh, we've seen those in the Big 12. Iowa State, TCU taking down Houston. UCF taking down Kansas. Love those home dog spots there. I think the SEC's had a couple. Arkansas getting smashed at home against Auburn, notwithstanding. Um, and then Big Ten, too. Yeah, like you you find those teams catching a few points with the swelling of the crowd and the emotion. I think that is super, super helpful. The mid-major one's a little harder to clock. I mean, maybe the travel in the big sky, WCC as well. But uh, those are very small samples, sub-20 games. So not going to jump on those. I, I do think those power conference teams, finding those really good spots is a, yep. is a winning strategy going home.
2: And for the best road leagues, I guess a uh, great way to say that, but the one exception of the power conference thing, again, could be small sample size, road this, teams. This shocks
3: me. Shocks big me. East, Shocking. Yep.
2: Yeah, 19 and 13 are road teams against the number so far in big East play. Now you have some clustered travel there in the in the northeast, but still um we've seen some road teams just play well. I mean, just outright. Um, you know, there's some injuries that have kind of decimated some good. Really strong home teams, right? UConn's gone the, through the it. Butler w- going the through butler it win now. at Marquette.
3: Yep. Yeah, yep. Providence
2: as well. So there is some of that to at play here. Um, but yeah, just something to note. You know, Biggie's not saying it's gone away, but the road teams have been very feisty to, to date. The Sun Belt is 16-9, and all road teams in that conference. Very strong home last year, I believe. Hmm. So a pretty strong uh pendulum swing this season. And then Big West, 17 and 13, nothing really strong. And everyone else has been either at par or worse point being home's been good this year, right? Home court value has been playing really well in almost all these leagues for a very slight or for a very few exceptions, as we just mentioned there. Does that continue
3: Matt? Or do we feel like as you hit late January into February, is it more doldrums for the home teams and the crowds and the hype spots and the, the refs are getting used to getting influenced by crowds or does the home continue to be strong through all that? I'm Jim, I don't you know. Think.
2: God dang it. I don't know. If you had the <laughs> answer and if I had the answer, I certainly wouldn't be to no, know. I, I, it is sort of uh, the market will adjust and probably maybe overbet it. Like we saw even this weekend, man, they bet every, every home team. Every home team. Um, I and mean, maybe not, I and mean, again, probably not enough in some cases. In February, I got to think the home could be even stronger, but the market will maybe overadjust adjust about that point. Chasing trends is always a dicey. And slippery slope, do so at your own peril, but be aware of them so you're not caught blindsided when you've been betting road teams all year in the Big Ten and like, what the crap? Why am I not winning any bets on the Big Ten? Oh, well, that's why. Yeah. So yeah, that's sort of like, the context in which we share this stuff.
3: It's on auto bet home teams. It's uh,
1: if you're on a road team, you better like them a lot. That, yeah. That's kind of. I, I would also try to contextualize just leagues and, and if it makes sense, right? The Sun Belt
0: the travels kind
1: of weird, but yeah, uh, but there's parity everywhere. Like all these teams yes. are basically within an, an iota of each other so i buy it big west every team's in california travel's not that bad right so i those kind of make sense to me the big east one we said it doesn't make sense unless it's DePaul paul and georgetown even then georgetown's like one and two against the spread at home they're not rolling over to is but mm-hmm. th- those type of things i try to think about i'm like okay is this just a sample size error or is this you know a lasting quote-unquote trend or something that there's a reason to it, right? Not just a blind sample size to, uh, sort of to, thing. Yeah.
3: Have to be able to rationalize it. Yes. Explain why it's relevant. Like there's some trends out there that people sell constantly and <laughs> yes, there's no logic behind them. So make sure you're thinking things through.
2: Yeah. Speaking of parity, let's get to the leagues where underdogs um, have performed the best. And this is going to be largely correlated with row teams, obviously, but still uh, three that jumped out to me at the top of the list were, Team, just really competitive leagues with a very clear, strong middle mush, but then not a ton at the top, but not a ton of deadweight fat at the bottom either. Uh, The Pac 12 underdogs are 23 and 10 in their swan song season. So um, everyone is fighting tooth and nail to the end in that league this year. And just in general, you've seen like even Arizona look vulnerable. You've seen, um, you know, the expected favorites not be as dominant. As we would have thought so far, the A10 at 19 and eight against the number are road teams. That makes total sense to me.
3: Not, not road um, teams, underdogs.
2: I'm sorry, underdogs. Thank you, underdogs. Yep. Yep. Um, other than Dayton, I mean, everyone's just pretty good in that conference to really good. Uh, yeah, and 12
1: teams are between 90 and 190 on Kim Pom. So it's like that'll do it. Margins. Yeah. Fordham is pretty good and they might be the worst in that league. That's just kind of the context. It's
2: probably LaSalle at this point, but still, yeah. you get there's really no just complete auto victories at any point in the schedule there. And then the Mac, the Mid-American, another very parody-ridden league, especially this season. I just think there's a lot of talent experience during this offseason. There was going to be a general reshuffling of the garden. Like, teams like Central Michigan are, like, kind of good. Eastern Michigan's winning a game or two.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, compared to the past, Matt, this is like, okay, Kent State, yeah. Toledo, Ohio, Akron, and then the rest. Everybody else, yes. And Ohio's got three league losses already. Kent State's got three league losses already, like – there is much more parity in that conference this year. And and honestly, that like just clicked for me over this weekend. Like just looking at some of that and some of the, the dog records, like, oh, there's more evenly balanced teams going yep. on in, in the Mac right now and had to adjust my my betting strategy accordingly. I mean Toledo, they
2: are four and but they won by four at home. It's Miami of Ohio last week, and then they just recently skated by Ball State at home, too. So, I mean, like, the rocket ships who beat everybody by 20 last year are still really good, but not as nuclear as we've seen. Uh, Fellas, that is all our program has for today. Thank you for stopping by. Come back next week and join us on another episode of the Big Bets on Campus.